I'm Amber Peterson, and you're listening to Mamas and Money, episode 26, What You Make Money Mean and the Effects It Has on Your Money. Did you know that creating confidence with your money will change your life? My name is Amber Peterson. I'm a mother, licensed financial professional, and a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And if you're ready, let's take this journey together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mamas and Money. I am so glad that you are here today. I'm your host, Amber Peterson, and we're going to be talking about what we make money mean. And this is such an important topic because it can either help us or hinder us when it comes to what we want to create with our money. So let's dive in today and get started and talk about what we make money mean. And before we go ahead and talk about that more in depth, I actually want to share a story about Diana King. And she is a wonderful woman in the world, and she is doing amazing things to help other women as well to create confidence with their money. She's a single mom of two kids, and she knows all too well what it's like to have a scarcity mindset. She said she can attribute her scarcity mindset to her upbringing. Her mother would frequently talk about how they didn't have enough money. She couldn't afford those things. And it was ingrained into Diana that money was scarce and that there was never going to be enough. And she says, my mother did not know how to take care of herself, let alone three kids. I saw my mom struggle. We were always hearing about her having to write hot checks and being told we don't have enough money. But that luckily is in her past. She is financially successful in her own money coaching business. And she helps moms to become debt free because she has also taken that journey herself, which is wonderful. She had this moment in her life where she saw that it was not going the way she wanted to, that she was feeling overwhelmed and she wanted to change things for the better. And that turning point came when she was 21 years old. She had her daughter and she was struggling as a college student, only making $10 an hour. This is what she said. I was sitting on the floor when my daughter was supposed to be in bed. I had no idea how I was going to pay my bills. She came up to me and I lashed out at her because of the stress. I realized I was becoming my mother and I did not want to be that person. That was the moment where I realized that to give my daughter a better life, I had to become better myself. So then she began to shift from that scarcity mindset into more of an abundance mindset. She did this by doing very specific things. She began to reject everything that did not align with her vision and her goals of creating that better life for her and for her children. She also became very conscious about what she fed her mind and what she was taking in to see if that was serving her going forward. She also set very clear and specific financial goals and took steps towards achieving them. And then in 2016, King started a journey to become debt-free. And I really love what she says here. She says, you know, after a lot of trial and error and going to more debt, even multiple times, she managed to pay off almost $35,000 in a little over four years. And I really love her story. One way or another, or one level or another, we can relate to Diana, whether we've been through an experience where we've struggled with money or had scarcity around money, but it's something we can all takes information from and see how she came through her journey and is continuing her journey and creating the life she wants to also helping us create the life we want to as well. From that, 
she didn't stay in that scarcity mindset where she was in that cycle of frustration and overwhelm, but she moved herself out of that. How did she do that? Well, first of all, she needed to reject whatever didn't align with her goals. She had a vision for herself and a goal to make life better for her and for her children. If something came up into her life that didn't meet that goal, she didn't even pay attention to it. She completely rejected it to make sure she was staying on the path to help her create what she wanted to create. The second thing she did was she was conscious about what she fed her mind. I really love the analogy of us as a vessel or maybe even a cup. And what we fill our cup with is what comes out and helps us or hinders us on our journey, especially if that cup is rocked with a challenge or a trial in our lives. If you're feeding your mind positivity and growth and confidence, then what spills out are those things, that confidence, that growth, that ability to move forward, even when things are hard. Now, if we only feed our mind things of scarcity and overwhelm and struggle, then especially when that cup is rocked, that is what's going to spill out and that may not serve us going forward. Pay attention to what you're feeding your mind continually and see if that is serving you. And the last thing she did was set up specific financial goals and take action towards those goals so that she could then move on the path to progression to help her accomplish what she wanted to accomplish. So we can take some information from Diana's story and see how we can apply it in our lives. And what I really wanted to concentrate on today was focusing on what we make money mean and see if that's serving our minds and our thoughts and our beliefs to help us move forward in our journey. It's so fascinating because I am in the money mindset business. (laughs) That's what I do is coach on money mindset. And yet sometimes even coaches like me can get stuck in making money mean something negative about ourselves. So I am a money mindset coach, but I'm also a financial professional. At being a financial professional on that side of my business, I have a lot of wonderful colleagues I get to work with who set money goals for the year. And that helps us see how we're achieving our goals and what goals we want to make and how many clients we get to serve. And what was fascinating as towards the end of the year, I was noticing I wasn't hitting those certain goals I had planned to reach. And I remember sitting down with my husband and I was talking to him about this and I was feeling frustrated that I wasn't where I thought I would be. I began to say things that made it mean something negative about my own worth and my own value. I remember saying things like maybe I wasn't good enough or I was doing the wrong things and there was something wrong with me why I couldn't make it happen. And even as the words were leaving my mouth, I had to stop myself and take a step back and go, oh my goodness, I'm making numbers on a screen mean something negative about who I am and my own value and my own worth. And I really love what Diana says when it comes to net worth versus self-worth. She says, I was someone where my self-worth was wrapped up into my net worth. So that meant if my finances didn't look good, I felt like I was a failure and wasn't doing enough. Can you relate? I certainly can. (laughs) Your net worth is only a fraction of your identity, King says, and should be separate from who you are at your core. There's a delicate balance between self-worth and net worth that has to be put in place when you are walking your journey. Otherwise, that puts you in a very vulnerable state. And this is something I can definitely relate with because when we wrap up our self-worth 
into numbers on a screen, into the net worth that we have, we make it mean something negative about us. And every time we have a trial with money or money doesn't go the way we want to, we make that negatively affect who we are and what we can become. So we definitely need to separate out who we are and our value versus the numbers on the screen or the cash in front of us or our bank account. And that you have your value and that's intact and that's never going to diminish no matter what the numbers on the screen say. I want to take a further deep dive into this and really bring awareness of how do you describe yourself with money? Do you describe yourself as rich? Do you describe yourself as poor or middle class? Do you describe yourself as someone very good with money and successful with money? Do you describe yourself as someone that doesn't know money very well and is wasteful with money? And there's so many other ways and means that we can label ourselves with money. But when we use those terminology, and I think the reason why we use that terminology is because it helps us gauge maybe where we're at and if we're progressing. But what we don't realize is that terminology and what we label ourselves as also comes with our judgment of what that is. So for example, if we have a label of rich, you have an idea of what a rich person is, how they are, what they act like. And if that's a good thing, if it's a bad thing, if it's positive, if it's negative, but let's just say you look at someone that is rich, or if you view yourself as rich and you see it as a negative thing, then you're going to have a negative label associated with it. And you're going to do all you can to make sure that you're not rich because you're identifying it with something negative. It can work with any type of label you're looking at. And if you have a label or if you have thoughts and beliefs that are positive and moving you in the right direction, that's awesome. And we want to stick with that. But if you're having those thoughts and beliefs that aren't serving you, then you're going to want to take a look at those and see if they are going to serve you moving forward or if there's something you want to do to change those thoughts. I want to give a specific example because I think that can help us wrap our minds around what this may look like. Let's say you label yourself as someone that's not very good with money. And the interesting thing is, is that your brain wants to prove you right. If you think in your mind that I'm not very good with money, your brain's going to find evidence to make that true. It's also going to bring that energy into your life so that you attract more things that show that you're not very good with money. So let's say there's a scenario of a mother with two kids who is a business owner. She has her vision and her goals to put so much money towards her business. Let's say it's $1,000. And she also has goals to put savings for each of her children. Let's say $500 each. She gets a bonus income coming in, a bonus check that comes in of $1,000. Now she may say, okay, I want to allocate $250 to my kids and I want to put $500 towards my business. Then life happens <laughs> as it often does. And let's say life happens and she gets tired and says, you know, what? I have some extra money. Let's go out to eat some more. Let's take a break and have that opportunity to go out to eat. Or, oh, there's some extra clothes that are really cute and on sale. Let's go ahead and get those for the kids or get clothes for herself. And before you know it, she spent a majority of that money on things that weren't aligned with her goals and her vision for the future. And your brain's going to look at that and say, hey, look, see, you're not very good with money. Look at those action steps you took because you're not very good with money. See, your brain wants to see the evidence of that and will point that out. And then it contributes to your belief you're not very good with money, which then contributes to your thoughts that you're not very good with money. And the cycle continues to go because those thoughts then influences your actions, which influences your results. 
if you are looking at that, you want to look at those labels that you place on yourself and see if that is serving you moving forward. And if it's not, let's take a look at that and see if we can change that for you, which you can, which you have the power to do, which is so amazing. If you are noticing that the labels you're putting on yourself and what you think and believe about that aren't serving you, you have the ability to change that. I think this other question is really poignant to ask is, does money change who you are? If I put money in front of you, so if you had a stack of cash, or if you look at a number in the screen, like on your bank account, does that change who you are as a person? And I want to tell you that that money, that number does not change who you are. It's your thoughts and your beliefs surrounding that number. If you see a lower amount in that bank account than you would prefer, you can still believe that you are an amazing person regardless of that number. If you see a number on the screen that's multiple figures, you can still believe that you are an amazing person and that the number on the screen has nothing to do with your worth and your value going forward. But if you choose to believe that that number on the screen means something negative about you, that can change your perception of who you are. Same if you see a number that has multiple numbers there. If you decide and believe that that somehow changes you or changes the way you act, that's all in your control going forward. But that number does not affect and change who you are. So we've talked a little bit about what we make money mean about ourselves, but what do we make money mean about others? And I also think this is really fascinating to take a look at because that also hinders who we associate with, what we're able to create, and how we're able to move forward on our journey. So let me bring up these three different key points here of what do wealthy people do and how do they act? What do poor people do and how do they act? What do middle-class people do and how do they act? I'm doing very broad generalizations. Um, There's going to be lots of different labels about lots of different scenarios and lots of different people. But these are some of the ones that are most generalized and used most often. I want you to take a look at that because we have preconceived notions about what each of these groups or labels mean. What do you think a rich person is? How much money do they need to make to be a rich person? Do they act differently? Do they treat others differently? Do we view them differently from ourselves? Same with someone who doesn't have a lot of material wealth and who we may deem as poor. Do we view them differently? Do we interact the same with them as we do with others? Same with middle class. We can apply our different beliefs and thoughts to any label and we need to see if that's serving us or not. And I want you to take a, an examination of where of those notions and those preconceived ideas of those different labels came from. And it comes from not only what others offer us as their beliefs, it also comes from our own experiences and what we view and take in into our lives. For example, if we see something on the news that says someone that has a lot of wealth just bought a yacht or just bought a mansion, that may contribute to what we think and believe about those that have wealth. Or we might associate with someone that has wealth that was able to give that wealth away to charity. That may also influence what we think about others with money. Conversely, if we were looking at someone that didn't have as much material wealth, let's say we might see them begging on the street, that's also going to contribute to what we think about those that don't have a lot of wealth. We also might see a news story or even movies that portray those that don't have as much money as stealing or as doing all they can to survive. And that may contribute to what we think about those that have little money. And also 
middle class. We have so much experience in the world, either through video, through media, through our own experiences, and also what others offer us to say, is this what really is happening? Is this what a wealthy person, a poor person, a middle-class person looks like and acts like, and how does that affect who we are and who we want to be? And why it's so interesting to see that is because how we formulate what we make money mean is by our thoughts and our experiences and our beliefs. So the more we think about each of these categories in certain ways, we're going to take certain action steps towards that. And that's going to solidify our beliefs. And the other thing I think is so fascinating is that you may have experiences in your life where people in different categories also don't act similarly to our notion of what they should act like. For example, there might be a belief out there that those that don't have a lot of material wealth are sad and upset and frustrated and overwhelmed by money. Now that can be the case, but there is also those out there that have very little material wealth that are very happy and love the life that they lead, which can challenge the notions we have of that. And so I want you to be open to what you're making money mean about others. And if that's serving you going forward. And this last question, does money affect who a person is? Does money change us? And it only affects someone if we allow it to by our thoughts and our beliefs. And if we allow it to, it's going to influence once again, who we associate with, what we create in this world and how we move forward. I was listening to a coaching call the other day, and it was so fascinating because the client on the call said, I would like to build more wealth for me and my family and to create the life we want to create. And as the conversation went on, she talked about how she didn't want to be rich because her idea of rich people was that they don't remember what it's like to be without money, that they're out of touch and they look down on others who don't have money. And because she has this belief about those that are wealthy or rich, she's actually working against herself to becoming rich because she has made it mean something negative about those that are wealthy. She views them as individuals who don't care about others, who look down on others, who are out of touch and don't recognize the problems of others who don't have wealth. Since that is negative in her eyes and she doesn't want to become that negative person, she is going to work against herself becoming that, even if it's subconsciously. Because remember, she wanted to make more money for her and her family, but her brain does not want her to complete that task because it's going to mean something negative for her going forward. And that's what can really hinder us from becoming who and what we want to be if we have the negative connotation of what a wealthy person is, or even what a poor person is, or a middle-class person. All of those things can hinder us from who we want to become and what we want to create. Now, as we look at other categories, I think rich and wealthy is probably one we have a little bit more judgment on, but let's take someone who doesn't have a lot of wealth. If we look at someone who doesn't have a lot of wealth and we may have the belief that it was their lack of willingness to get a job or to provide for themselves, to be self-reliant, and we have that negative connotation of them, we distance ourselves from understanding them, to know their situation, to have an association with them and learn more about them. Or those in the middle class, if we have a belief or a notion that those in the middle class are stuck, that they can't move forward, that they're bearing the burdens 
of society, then we don't choose actions to help us improve our abundance with money, especially if we feel like we are part of that middle class. And these are just ideas and just examples. We can have lots of different ideas of what wealthy, poor, middle class, and everything in between is, but that does influence us because even if we have a preconceived notion of what someone may be with money, it ultimately affects us because it's our thoughts and our beliefs that are leading to our actions and our results about that. Take time to examine what you think about others, what you believe about money and wealth for you and for others, because what we think causes how we feel, which leads to our actions, which then leads to the results we produce in our lives. I want to offer you some steps to create abundance for you. This first step is to separate your worth and value from your money. You are not your money. Money is either a piece of paper you hold, some coins in your hand, or a number on a screen. That is completely separate from who you are as a person and your worth and your value. And your worth and your value is infinite and cannot be changed or diminished by your money. And one thing I have found that's helpful for this is actually writing down your worth on a piece of paper. What makes you you? What can you celebrate about you? You are amazing. And write some things down that help you see your worth and that it is not associated with money. The second is to gain awareness of your thoughts and beliefs about money and money labels. And we've talked about that this whole session today is really gain awareness of what you're thinking and believing about money for you and for others and what those labels are causing for you and if they're helping you to move forward. That brings us to our next point is decide if those thoughts and beliefs are serving you. One of the easiest ways to see that, to see if those thoughts and beliefs are serving you is to look at your results. What are you creating from what you're believing and what you're thinking about money? And is that what you want to create going forward? And then decide what is the results you do want? Like Diana, she said, I want to create a better life for me and my kids. And then from that vision, she took specific action steps towards the results that she wanted. And that's what you get to do too. You get to decide what that looks like. I love this quote by Henry Ford that says, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. What I love about that is because then it's up to us to decide what we want in our lives, what we want to create. And it's all within us already because what we think then helps us create the results that we want. So you have the power already within you to not only decide your results, but then work towards those because of what you're thinking and believing about you and others. And you have all the possibilities in the world to have the life that you want to have. It was so good to have all of you on here today. And I look forward to chatting again next week. Thank you for joining me today. Please let me know if you have any questions or ideas of things you want to learn about in upcoming podcast episodes. You can reach me by email at amberpetersoncoaching at gmail.com. And if you find this podcast to be beneficial and is supporting you in your goals, please leave a review. That way others can find this podcast as well. I appreciate you and look forward to taking this journey together.